Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey here to tell you that this is a rebroadcast. So take Paul Harvey's advice when you hear a telephone number. Please don't call. Now let's listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> Paul Harvey, good day. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, hello there. Did you know that just a just a scant one week ago, and we weren't even in the uh, we weren't even in the studio here. Alan mm-hmm. and I were at the uh, what it was it the Piedmont Division Model Train Show over at the uh, Clarence Brown Conference Center. We were on our live remote, so we weren't here in the studio. Nothing's changed. It still looks the same in here. I wasn't making a point about that, but but yes, we were over there and we had a good time. I just want to do a quick recap of that. It was very fun. We had a good time, and if you tuned in, you heard a couple of. Two or three surprise guys. Uh, they were, we're covering up our surprise a little bit. We were excited to be there, but we were astounded at how many people were there and the age range of people that are still involved in model trains and electric trains and the the intricacy and the detail that goes into all these things and the seriousness. Why why wouldn't it? Because if anybody does anything like collect cars, we have the Savoy automobile automobiles. Which is not too far from the Clarence Brown Conference Center, the Savoy Auto Museum. And uh, stamp collecting, comic collecting. If anyone collects something and they're really into it, of course they'd be detailed and, and know a lot about it. But we were surprised at all the, the model train fun and uh, awesomeness that we had last last Saturday. Alan Sanders is here with me as he drops his cell phone. Thank you. you know, it, was, it was great. You know what? <laughs> I'm hoping we'll be able to start doing more and more of these. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd love to. As, as radio personalities, you and I like what we do. Is that what we are? That's the official I guess, term. I guess that's true. I guess that's what we are. We could go so far as to say on-air talent, but then some people may, may, may balk at the yeah, word talent. Radio personality, yeah, would be more agreeable. We're, we're people. I guess people wouldn't We have a that. personality, whether you like it or we not, go or we're on-air. We go on the radio and talk. No one can, can rebuttal that. No right. one can deny that That's a fact. true statement. You... Well, if it runs afoul of certain things, we may still <laughs> yeah, find it being censored. That's right. But, but for we, now, did, we didn't last Saturday, though. We had a great will, time I'll, last I Saturday. I think people every now and then do enjoy getting to either see, meet, or watch, quote, the magic happen. I know when I was a kid, if I would go buy a TV remote, I'm like, oh, my God, that's really how it works. Like, or they're filming a movie over there. What are they doing over right, there? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, always love I like being out, and I, I like being able to be live and, and have that buzz around us. And I've got, I've got a relative, an older relative over in Alabama that will, when we go places or if we're at a family function, like during holidays or whatever reason we'd all get together, he will come up, and I, and I love him to death. He's an old uncle of mine. And he'll come up and he'll, someone new will come to the gathering and he'll go, and this is, this is, this is Barry, this is my nephew. Uh, he's, he's a DJ. And, uh, oh. and I'm like, <laughs> and I, sometimes I want to go, I'm not a DJ. And then I have the other relatives that go, yeah, this is Barry. He's a DJ. Stands for dumb jerk. You're, I, I'm more of that than spin records. I guess. At least it's a little closer. It's a little closer to what I am. So, yeah. But uh, uh, it was, but it was fun seeing everyone at the uh, at the train show over there. I couldn't believe that you and I. Something funny happened to us while we were there. Well, there's several things funny happened. This was funny. We're you and I are big Harry Potter fans. And while we were there, we started discussing movies that have trains in them and stuff. And I never got to my number one film about what my favorite train <laughs> movie is. I might, I may say that today. But 
we were like, you know, Hogwarts Express is in Harry Potter, and Kevin Carroll was there with us, and he goes, yeah, I just we went to we went to uh, Universal not too long ago and rode the Harry Potter ride in the Hogwarts Express in the train, and I'm like, yes, it's a fantastic part of Harry Potter's the Hogwarts Express. And if you've never been to Universal Studios, and when you go down there finally, when you ride Hogwarts Express, that takes you from one side of the park to the other, but it feels like you're going for miles in another direction due to the magic of how they put the ride together. Um. We thought, well, I wonder if someone in here has a Hogwarts Express, because they have trains of every other shape, right. form, and fashion in there. And not two or three minutes after we said it, someone walked by the front of our broadcast booth there holding a box, a prepackaged box of a Hogwarts Express train. Yep. Just as if on cue. Yep. Crazy. <laughs> it was great. So, And we, I don't think we're clairvoyant or anything. Or nope. we didn't, we're not wizards. But, but I do carry a stick sometime in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> but we just—it was a fluke. I couldn't believe it. They walked by, and that was that was great. Now, did you get you? You guys went out and ate at the ate at the the truck the, the uh, food truck. trucks. Yeah, out mm. there afterwards. It was and good. I had to go. I had lunch somewhere else. But I went back in and just walked the entire ballroom just to check out everything. And Alan, they had a train in there that was the most miniature scale I think that they make. I don't know how small it was. How did that's N scale? It was smaller in Maybe scale. Maybe they have a smaller then. It was smaller in scale than a matchbox car. And I'm looking at it and I'm like I'm like how I said do I hear it was incredibly detailed, and it's going around the little track doing its thing. And I'm like, do I hear sound? Because the little headlight on it was on. Mm-hmm. I said, do I hear the, the horn sound coming from, is that from a speaker in the system, or is that coming from the train? He goes, oh, no, he says, that sound's coming from inside the small miniature. There's, there's a chip speaker in there that produces that sound. I'm like, that's small? Really? Yeah. The, it the, was amazing. Well, the thing you and I were both like just, and we shouldn't have been. <laughs> But we were like, jaw dropping. Yeah. Speaking of the micro speaker and the technology, the LED technology right. we have today, where you can have lighting and so much cool stuff. They can start them with their apps. We found That's out. That's what I was going to get to. Like I was I like, it. wait a minute, wait a minute. An eight year old kid could get their very first train set. Yeah. And they don't have the little electrical thing that they have to use the little button or the handle. Like no, That's right. Yeah. You just go to your app and you go, go, go faster, go slower. I'm like what? It's. But that makes sense that kids would be maybe into the train thing because it interfaces the technology. Why wouldn't the, Why wouldn't the technology creep into the model train thing? We just didn't. We didn't I, think of about it. Of course it, it would. Like, yeah. But you know, yeah, we didn't. We didn't. It didn't cross our minds. Well, that blew me away. Technology. You can complain about it. You can go. Oh, social media is horrible. It's just a cesspool. Oh, the cell phones is terrible. They're destroying the society of our children and stuff. And like, well, only if you allow it to. You know, if you have kids. But you and I are always amazed and love and and look, point out. First, the benefits and the cool stuff about technology, which are great. I, I love technology. No one likes it when it's used for bad or right. to neglect things or, or, or do for horrible reasons. Hey, my dad, my dad again, he goes, you know, you can complain about stuff all you want, but, but when the first, I'll tell you what, when the first telephone was invented, it wasn't long maybe until they, everyone started having one to that first obscene call, phone call was made. Somebody's <laughs> always going to make it. You know, even when Indians would send smoke signals, you know there was an obscene one sent at some point. <laughs> Back then, someone's going to abuse the privilege Your of mom all these things. Looks like a buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other guy, you know, four or five hundred people would see it, and one of them would probably go, "Yeah, that's true. She does look like one." He ain't lying. <laughs> that must be meant for me. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, we were astounded by it. And uh, thanks to them. Thanks for giving us a, a certificate. It was really fun being there. And if we make that an annual event, I, I, I wouldn't be unhappy. 
Right. Because that would be that would be great to be able to to do that and have fun and and um, it's that fits nostalgia. Model trains do. You had them growing up. I had a couple, you know, growing up. And my favorite movie, my favorite movie, model of of train movie. Is it, I don't know if you ever seen it or not, but it's got Gene Hackman and Ann Archer in it. It's called Narrow Margin. You told Came me out about in 1990, that. I think. It is the best, most suspenseful. It's a remake of an old film where he's a he's an agent from the government trying to get this lady uh, to another place so she can testify against the mob. But they take a train trip and the mob is after them on the train. And this is 1989-90. Cell phones weren't prevalent mm-hmm. at the time, so it was easy to hide and, and be isolated. In a, in a situation like that. Great. Narrow margin. Check it out. It's BK on there. We'll be back. I got some video game news when we come back. We will return after these messages. I'm fed up with scrubbing. Excuse me, but you need Tidy Bowl. Here. Oh, it's you, the Tidy Bowl man. Will this help? Sure. With each flush, Tidy Bowl releases strong cleaners that help keep toilet bowls staying free. How do I know Tidy Bowl's cleaning? The sparkling color tells you that it's working hard. Tidy Bowl's powerful and safe on plumbing. That's great. Comes in lemon fresh blue or pine scented green. With Tidy Bowl, you'll scrub less. Safe on plumbing, too. The President Cleveland, home for a cleanup. These men can't waste time with stubborn dirt. That's why they use industrial strength janitor in a drum. The same industrial strength cleaner you can use at home to cut cleaning down to size. Tough enough for a playroom floor, tame enough for a baby's high chair. Janitor in a drum from Texas. It does the work, not you. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. The Jiffy Pop. The Jiffy Pop. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. The family five treats. And here's great fun. A Jungle Book Magic Picture Kit free in specially marked packages of Jiffy Pop popcorn. Each kit's a different scene from Walt Disney Productions' full-length feature, Jungle Book. Four fun scenes in all. Here comes the Jiffy Pop. Fresh, hot, and delicious every time because you make it yourself. Gather round the Jiffy Pop. The family five treats. Now, back to the show. Oh, yeah. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon Saturday. John Williams there for you. We were talking about uh, Harry Potter and uh, the Hogwarts Express train that we saw at the train show. Well, that kind of curtails and dovetails into this story that I've got right here. Uh, If I could just get to it here. Where did we go? I think I got it right here, but I got to make sure I got uh, everything together here before I uh, continue with this here. The video game, the the uh, the um, Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy, Express, Hogwarts Legacy. That's right. Oh, I can tell you, uh, <laughs> there has been numerous non-productive hours in the San Monaco household between my daughter and I my wife playing this game. I heard about that. Well, have you heard how much that it's sold? I this- know the last I heard, its opening weekend was almost $500 million. I have it from Jennifer Moss at Variety. Hogwarts Legacy earns $850 million, sells more than 12 million units in its first two weeks of release. Now, I know so, it's been out for a while, but this is in its first two weeks of release. It doubled in two weeks, because I knew in weeks. its first week it was over 400 I think it was sales and pre-sales. Yep. 
And as soon as it hit, my goodness. That marks the biggest global launch ever for the Warner Brothers Discovery-owned video game company with the Harry Potter action role-playing game, also setting the Twitch record for single-player games with a 1.28 million peak concurrent viewers at launch time. That's nothing to wave a wand at, I'm telling you. No. That's pretty That's pretty impressive. Now, Variety previously reported Hogwarts Legacy opened with a stunning player engagement, topping 267 million hours played from the launch on February the 10th through February the 21st. Now, uh, per Warner Brothers uh, Discovery, quote, additionally, there have been an increase of global franchise fan engagement overall with Wizarding World Digital ga- uh, garnering 300% higher traffic over the normal monthly unique visitor average for the first 10 days of, of, um, of that past February. That website, that's, folks. That's just crazy. Can I tell you something? You could integrate your Harry Potter. They changed the name from the HarryPotter.com to Wizarding Worlds. Right, and there's a we have the app for it too. To if you created on, yeah. a character, if you have an account, if you have done that little test for your wand and your Patronus, it would interface with the game. Oh, that's great! So you can so you play yourself sort of the, in the exact game. wand that you're supposed to have from right. there. They had so many people either running to their account to create one so they could import it, yeah. or locking their account into their Harry Potter game. That Wizarding World crashed. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter website crashed. Isn't that a good problem to have? I I'm went sure there to just for that. the fun of it to make my character because I think yeah. I'll buy the game eventually. Oh, yeah. It hung up after five seconds of it, and then <laughs> I came back, it. and then it said, uh, it. log in. I'm like, I just logged in. <laughs> That's how many people were trying to do this simultaneously. Uh, developed by Avalanche Software and published by Warner Brothers Games under its Portkey Games label, Hogwarts Legacy features an original story, in case you don't know what it is, first introduced in the Harry Potter books that puts players at the center of their own Wizarding World adventure. It's set in the 1800s in the past. The game invites players to embark on an epic journey as a fifth-year student at Hogwarts, gifted with a rare ability to tap into ancient, powerful magic. Guided by the wizard's field guide and unique instruction from professors and other characters, fans will uncover a compelling storyline filled with thrilling challenges and mysteries. And it sounds like it too, because I haven't been able to play it. But so that gives them that that gives them the opportunity, believe it or not, which is good. Because if it's set in the 1800s, they can do whatever they want. Because you don't know what happened back then. You can have all new characters. You don't have to worry about interacting with characters that you know where it might fall short of what you think the ex- expectations may be. They can do a whole I new thing. I think it was a smart move. They do list a couple of people's names that if you're fans of the books, you'd be like. Oh, this is the great great grandfather of something heard, mentioned, yeah. <clears throat> but um, no, it's. I can tell you for a fact, my wife who reigns in Harry Potter trivia, like she is the queen of Harry Potter trivia, has loved every second of this game. Good. Being a, a, a World of Warcraft player, somebody who still loves World of Warcraft, this multi mu- massive multiplayer where you're playing online with real other people. Right. I had read that if the Harry Potter game does well, it's because it's a single player. Yeah. They are looking at, hey, we've already built all these assets for this world. Maybe we can create now an online version. If they did that, I would be all in. Now, will I enjoy it too? I'm the asteroids and the uh, Atari guy. Would I enjoy? Would I enjoy? You might the game? have a hair of a learning would, curve would I, if you're would not I used enjoy to the graphics. Oh yeah, yes, dear lord. <laughs> If you haven't played a video game in a while, you'd be like, "No, actually, when did these turn photorealistic?" I, I have. Where's my line drawing? I, I have seen. There was one game that I did. Uh, and by the way, I'll, I'll tell you this too. Mrs. BK has just a one, one or two generation older game platform that she got from our son. By the way, and she found out they get they sent her an email or a flash email 
I think it was day before yesterday, saying, hello, because uh, she's already pre-ordered it. But but she can't. It won't come out for her. She wasn't supposed to come out on her platform until like the end of March or something. I can't remember when it was supposed to come out. But they sent her a message saying your your version of Harry Potter won't. We've we've pushed up the release date till I think the end of May, so it's not going to come out for whatever platform that she's going to play it on. She's got to wait at least another you know couple of months for it so but i don't know why they do that I mean, obviously so you can you'll get the new the, look the new, you guys uh, are going out buying high-end elite suvs you should just say go now, go spend her, her five gaming systems only game one system. generation old i think she just got the yeah, old but it's, obviously platform. It's, it's not so <laughs> well here's why we do get that. a place she's not a big five. gamer she's not a big gamer this is the only game she's going to play so it's kind of like buying a streaming channel to watch one show we're not going to you don't think do people do that Oh, I know people do it. <laughs> I'm very well aware that people do it, but uh, we're, we're not going to do that. So, Are you kidding? I'm going to spend all my money for an SUV coming up here. I can't do anything else. My, I will tell so, you, my wife was this close that if it wasn't going to come out on the PC at the same time, because we're not Twitch gamers, we're not good yeah. at playing on the... She's like, I, I would have bought a PlayStation Five. I don't have, I don't have a Twitch either. I have a Twitch, but it's not a game system. Every time I just have a Twitch every now and then when I hear. Uh, the and, and prices I don't know if they use cars. that term anymore, but they used to use it Twitch gaming because you were using the little controller keypad and you were like having to like bump, 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 right. bump, bump, hop, 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 jump. It's like you're twitching all the time instead of using your I'm keyboard. I'm so glad gloves. I got you here for all the recent modern pop culture teenage millennial references. Which is different that I don't than the Twitch channel that, that they were referencing. That I don't Do you realize get. there are people who log into? It's like YouTube Live. There's oh, really? Twitch. Twitch is a platform where you can watch other people play video games. Wow, I that like would, I just don't streaming. think that interests me at all. Think about this. Think about your audience. You're the BK Nation. <laughs> if, if there ever was one. BK yeah. gets on, he just decides he's gonna play Harry Potter for the first time. Sure. You could go get your own Twitch channel, put out on social media, I'm about to play Harry Potter, and get people to sit there, I'm gonna watch BK play. Well, okay. What but why? To why watch some, BK play. Why would somebody want to watch? <laughs> to me, some of the most boring things to try to watch on television, and I know people do it, and, and I, I, didn't, I didn't try to do it, just someone was there doing it. They're watching people play poker mm-hmm. on that channel where they're playing poker. I'm like, this is some things I think has, you have to do it and not watch <laughs> it. Some things you can watch, some things, for me, some things are a spectator sport. You, you're able to watch it. But some things I, I just don't think I could watch people do it i've it never thought boring it'd be worth me streaming anything i'm playing like why would anyone care but there's an entire subculture it's amazing it's amazing hey how do, i'm never gonna you and i are never gonna be able to guess and and come up with the next big thing to make millions of dollars i was only it was only a week ago that i found out that there's a new sporting event that i don't know how legitimate it is but i had no idea that power slapping was a thing have you seen power slapping, slapping? Each yes other? And it's a competition, and it's supposedly a sport. No, no, you, you just made the little slap motion. No, it's these big guys that are going all the way back and coming around with the entire arm on the third try and just whacking the heck out of the side of someone's face. It's a slapping, power-slapping competition We used to do that, but it's because we were dumb boys. We didn't know you could make a sport. Oh, it's the weirdest thing. And we watched some of it last night because Mrs. BK hadn't heard of it either. And we, we checked it out. And it's, uh, if you, okay, if you want to, I'm not telling you to go do it, but go go Google uh, Google or, or YouTube search power slapping competition. 
And, uh, I mean, some of them get hit so hard by these guys, and it knocks them out. And it, they do it a lot. I'm like, this can't be good for your head impact. I mean, don't, sometimes football players get hurt, and they're wearing a helmet. Mm-hmm. And it's, not, it's impacting your head. Your head's a very vital part of your body. Let me just say that. It's very important <laughs> that you contain that, and it not get damaged or, or suffer long-lingering effects. Could be an understatement. Huh? Yeah, it's impacts important. and stuff like that. That's like people that, that I knew that just go, oh, I, I live in South Carolina. We don't. We don't have a helmet law on our motorcycles. I'm like, well, that's cool. I, I I don't really like a lot of laws either. But even if I lived in South Carolina, I would wear one. Right. Because my head is important to me. Because uh, if your head gets hurt, because usually, who what happens when a motorcycle is involved in an accident? It's never ever. It's hardly ever good. Because no. because it's a different. It's not a car. I mean, sometimes you have a wreck in a vehicle where you're protected in a vehicle by airbags and stuff, and people still come out damaged you're on a motorcycle you know you got nothing but air <laughs> between you and the thing that you fall off the motorcycle you're a, you're going to fly through the air as a missile for a few feet before you hit something and i would think i need to cover my head up with some protective equipment i really do i don't we ain't got no law for it <laughs> okay <laughs> that's mm. fine hey when i had a motorcycle i didn't i didn't even wear the helmets without the front or just the ones that go on the top of your skull because they they get away with wearing one just on the top the very tip top of their head where their hair is mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's fine you got that on what about the rest like your face and your yeah. jaw and the your i've neck seen road rash on like, my legs Ugh. i'm thankful that i've never had road rash on my face <laughs> right and that was just from riding a bike can you imagine going 70 miles an hour and all of a sudden deciding to come no, to a stop oh, on i can't imagine because i had a bike for many many years and yeah. it was it's terrible I, i'm so I also like my that. teeth. I'm not a Brit- I'm not British, and I don't have a meth but, problem. I but, like my teeth. But the bottom line is, we like our head. We like the, the, our head <laughs> on our like shoulders. We, we need that. There's something in there called our brain and your eyes and your ears and everything that needs to be intact. So anyway, I just I don't I don't get the whole power slapping. There's a lot of things I don't get, and that's another one of them. You got to check it out. Now you got to promise me you check it out. I've and seen just it. Look at it. I, it's, I, it's I didn't crazy. know it was a sport. I knew it was an event. Power but. slapping. <laughs> We're going to take a break. It's BK on the air, but when we come back, we're going to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre, including something at the Gulf Coast that I had no idea. I hope my mother didn't find out about this. And now back to the guy who knows no limit on self-promotion. It's BK on the air. You know, you're getting kind of old and <laughs> long in the tooth when you hear a song. And, I, and this song is Magic by Pilot. And they had a few hits in the 70s. And I just, this is one of my favorite songs by them. But you know you're getting really old if one of your favorite rock songs is now used as a drug commercial. <laughs> <laughs> because Pilot now, their song Magic is used for, uh, what's the name of the drug? Oz- Ozampic. It's like, oh, 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 Ozampic. That's just great some news that i don't need to hear it's like oh we're gonna cater that crowd that group oh you mean us young 70s guys no you old 70s guys (laughs) but yeah but you know it's gonna happen eventually at least we are getting older and we're on the right side of the grass and that's all as long as i wake up on this side that's a good oh it's time that we we're gonna flash the audience of the news the weird the strange and the bizarre and i have the first news well i hope my mom doesn't hear about this from Uh-oh. UPI, a pair of Alabama fishing guides and their clients unexpectedly reeled in a great white shark in what is believed to be the first time a member of the species has been caught from a beach in the state of Alabama. A what? 
Dylan Willer and Blaine Kinney, the Pensacola-based owners of Fishing Guide Service Coastal Worldwide, said that they were on Orange Beach in Uh-oh, Alabama in the early morning hours on March the 7th when something something started to pull on one of the heavy-duty lines as they ate their what? crackers. What the real? <laughs> pull, pull You're taking up a lot of line. The men said they initially thought they might have hooked a large tiger shark. A what? Tiger shark. But at the end of a 32-minute struggle, 32 minutes they struggle with this thing, the line's showing. The line's showing. They were shocked to discover that they had reeled in an 11-foot great white shark. Great white shark that aren't usually in those warm waters in the Gulf. Marcus Dryman, a Mississippi State University assistant extension professor who serves as a shark expert. He's Matt Hooper, in other words, in this story. For the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources said the shark is believed to be the first great white ever caught from an Alabama beach. Now, Dryman said great white sharks are known to pass through the Gulf of Mexico waters uh, off the state's coast, but they rarely come close enough to land for beach-based anglers to encounter. So, in other words, sharks, they move through the warm waters of the Gulf on their way to vacation somewhere else. They like vacationing where it's cold. They don't like going well, to the beach for a vacation. Th- we know a lot more. They will go everywhere. Sure. I think the issue is that it's the first time that somebody managed to catch it from the beach. They don't prefer it there, but anyway. Which means that's a, it was close. You can't shoot your line out like 10 miles or and anything. And even if the tide starts to drag it out a little for <laughs> right. you. It's not going to get that far. But I always I always know, I know before I go in the water, that I'm swimming in ocean water. You know, and if I'm up to my, just up to my shoulders, that's deep enough for anything to happen that's, that's there. But I know that already, and I don't, I don't let it rule mm-hmm. my life and, and make, make me panicky or anything. Mm-hmm. Other parts of my family, not so much. I I <laughs> so, love it. I understand we are not alone. No. When it, well, you're you're crossing Steven Spielberg movies there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taglines for movies. Doesn't matter. There. I'm in their world. But I do find sharks I, fascinating. I just don't want a close encounter. I find sharks fascinating, and you do too. Actually, I would, as long as it's not a deadly encounter. Right. We saw a I baby I don't want to lose one. an arm or a leg. We saw a baby one not too long ago, and it was, it was funny just to watch it act all tough just off the shore, swimming around like, it's two and a half feet long. It's just a baby. Where's mom? Is she around? So behind you. you had, hey, I'm more I'm more afraid of jellyfish, to be quite honest. Much more abundant. You're much more to get stung by a dead piece oh, yeah. of jellyfish than anything else. But I've never had a bad encounter. The only bad encounter on the ocean I ever had is I was coming out one day, hit a, hit a sand piece of sand under the water that kind of gave way a little bit more than it should have, and I tripped and fell on my face in front of about 50 people. That was the only bad experience <laughs> I've ever had, and that was my own fault. So it didn't involve marine life of any kind. Oh, I thought you were going to say you stepped on something and it swam away. No, it wasn't yeah. that. But I have felt that we'll look down and see fish around our feet all the time. You know, yep. They're just kind of nibbling at you. They'll come back and go, oh, you don't, you don't taste good. Mm. Okay, go keep going. It's a little we'll tiny go, fish. We'll go tell Bruce. He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll like come you. back and you'll be a nice... Me All right, I've got the next news. It's from UPI. Arkansas State Park said a visitor to Crater of Diamonds State Park recently unearthed a 3.29 carat brown diamond, the largest found at the park since September of 2021. Another one of those. Yeah, officials wrote a news release that David Anderson of Murfreesboro was wet sifting soil from the park's west drain area when he spotted something shiny. Uh, At first, I thought it was quartz, but then I wondered, why is it so shiny? That's what he said to park officials. Once I picked it up, I realized it was a diamond. 
Anderson said he has been a frequent visitor to the park during the past 16 years and has found more than 400 diamonds, including a 6.19-carat white diamond on April the 20, <laughs> wow. April 2014. Anderson dubbed his latest discovery, Bud. That stands for Big Ugly Diamond. Big Ugly Diamond. As opposed diamond. to supposed to bad be they didn't say what it's worth i'm curious what they'd be worth well you know i tried to look it up and i couldn't find one to, to give me the exact amount of that one but i found one that was close to that and it wasn't i don't know what the difference between a um a white what's called a white diamond or whatever this is, was a brown diamond a brown diamond or white is different and, and the one i looked up that was close to it was two hundred thousand dollars or something like that which that's a lot okay of, that's a lot of dough that'd be worth uh, sifting some mud for that that's more than i got in my bank account right now yeah i got the next news Another one of these stories again. The California man with the world's longest tongue set a new Guinness world record for the fastest time to remove five Jenga blocks with his tongue. You know the little Jenga game, you know, that you play? Mm-hmm. Here, 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 this guy's in the news again. Nick Stobrell of Salinas, who earned his first Guinness world record when his tongue was measured at 3.97 inches, managed to remove five Jenga blocks from a stack in 55.252 seconds. Hmm. I guess that's fast for doing that. Stoblerer also uses his record-making tongue to... Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, because we had this story. He also uses it to paint, because we talked about that two weeks ago. Uh, Said being a Guinness World Record holder has changed his life, he says. Well, I would... Well, he's in the news. Anything. Anything would change his life. So what else are you going to be able to do? I mean, that's what I would do is remove Jenga blocks and paint. All right. (laughs) That's what I would do. Right. We'll go with that. Move along. Move along. Well, let's see here. Wait a second. This is flipping. <laughs> oh, I seize it. I've got the next news. <laughs> I seize it. It's right here. From UPI again, a Texas woman whose career in radio spans more than 71 years was awarded a Guinness World Record for her tenure in broadcasting. Guinness World Records said Mary McCoy was awarded the record for the longest career as a radio presenter slash DJ. When her DJ. time in the industry was verified at 71 years, 357 days on February the 15th. Wow. McCoy, who got her start working five days a week as a radio host at the age of 12, beat the oh, previous record early. by more than three years, Guinness said. Wow. The now 85-year-old still hosts the two-hour country classic show six days a week on KVST K-Star Country in Huntsville. McCoy also had a music career in addition to her DJ duties and once shared the stage with Elvis Presley when the singer and his band joined her for a few songs back in 1955. Bravo to her. I'm, we, you and I can try to break her I record. will not have a career that long. Oh, come on. We don't. We, we might. We might, Rabbit. 70-some years? Oh, well, I, well. who knows? I mean, what breakthroughs Let's may see, come See, I out. got in radio about 22, <laughs> 23 ago. We may have a breakthrough in hmm. medical history or whatnot. You know? I'd have to survive another 50-plus oh, years? Oh, wait. No, you're right, because we've decided since you never get sick or anything, you don't have any health problems, you know, knock oh, wood yeah. or whatever, everything's going to hit you at once one day. I'm going to be walking down the street, going- and suddenly it's going to be like, <laughs> and I'm gone. That'll be just like I'm a not, flash. I'm not kidding, folks. Alan J. Sanders, the guy that's talking on the air with me here, many years ago, his parents rocketed him to Earth from his dying planet in a rocket, and he got here. That's the only way I can figure it out, because he, he eats right, he does the best he can do, and uh, he just doesn't. I don't think I don't remember the last day that you were out of work because you were sick. I don't remember. Oh, Alan's sick. If, if somebody <laughs> were to call and say that, I'm like, ha, ha, Alan oh. called in sick? Yeah, right. That's a good one. Now tell me something else. That's code else. for it. He died. Yeah, he died. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't say that. That's terrible. But, uh, yeah, it's the truth. So, yeah, it's all going to hit you at once. You're just going to turn into dust like Thanos' uh, finger snap. I'm going to wake up. Oh, it's going to be like the end of Indiana Jones and the uh, Last Crusade. I will have drunk from the wrong cup. I'll wake up all of a sudden. Just instantly. All the hair turns gray. And all of a sudden, like, oh, no. there. He chose poorly. Barbara, you up? Barbara, you up? I'm up now. I don't think I can sleep with this cold. My throat's kind of sore. All right, I'll get the aspirin and sucrets. Aspirin and sucrets? Aspirin for your other cold symptoms and for minor sore throat pain. Lots of doctors recommend sucrets with a medicine for fast temporary relief. I'm glad one of us can sleep. Aspirin and sucrets, a sensible way to fight winter. It's Big Track, the computer-activated tracker and the automatic transporter. Your child sends Big Track off on a mission by programming in up to 16 commands. Like fire three laser blasts. Big Track stores your child's commands. To get out of a tricky spot. To complete the mission, Big Track rolls in, drops the payload, then heads for home base in another assignment. Big Track for your child from MV Electronics. Transporter sold separately. When it says Libby's, Libby's, Libby's on the label, 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 nothing's better, better, better on your table, 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 cause we think you'll agree, it's hard to find a canned vegetable that's younger, tender, rounder, sweeter, redder, moister, brighter, crisper. On the Libby's label is a note that says we challenge you to find a better can of vegetables, but we think you'll agree, it's hard to find one that's younger, tender, rounder, sweeter, redder, moister, brighter, crisper, young. Jenga, Jenga, ch -ch -ch Jenga. You take a block from the bottom and you put it on top. You take a block from the middle and you put it on top. That's how you build a tower, you just don't stop. You gotta build that tower putting blocks on top. And it teeters and it totters as you build it all up. It weebles and it wobbles, but you don't give up. You take a block from the bottom and you put it on top. You take a block from the middle and you put it on top. Till someone knocks it over and that's when you stop. But you start all over putting blocks on top. Jenga from Irwin. Little Jenga. Remember Jenga? I don't think we... I think I played it once, but I didn't play Jenga on a on a regular basis. All those uh, where you where you had to be like really good at balancing things, like building a house of cards. You know, big surprise. I just wasn't good at that type <laughs> of stuff growing up. I always wound up tipping it over or breathing, or the dog would run in. It's like it reminds me of the Brady Bunch when they had to. I think they had to. What was the episode where they had a whole giant book of saving stamps? And and the and the you know because there were two families that came together. The boys' family had a lot of stamps, and the girls' side of the Brady Bunch family had a stamp. So they put them all together, and they're like, listen, if we put them all together, we can get a, a, a good present for everyone in the house, a good gift. Because mm -hmm. the boys wanted a canoe, and the girls wanted a sewing machine or something like that. You know, imagine that. They're two different genders. <laughs> imagine that. Well, what the heck's going on there? the good old days when right, that's all yeah. there were? So, but anyway, they had that going on, so they think, well, to, to figure, that, figure it out how we can decide what to get, we're going to build a house of cards, I guess, and whoever... Whoever uh, um, wins or whatever, that that that's who will decide to, to what the present the, the gift from the stamp company will be, and I think uh, you know they were, they were they were like building card and it got up to pretty high you know on the, mm -hmm. on the show and they're they're putting the cards at the top and and Jan was putting one on there and she had a bracelet that was dangling and they're like Jan watch your bracelet careful and as a kid I'm like oh this attention's killing me I don't believe this I can't handle it and then Tiger their dog runs the in dog. and jumps up on the table and knocks it down so. 
that was uh, that was cool. That's uh, but Jenga. What was the other game that you could stack things? There was, was there another one that you could stack up or something? I, I know that every time they come out with like a Rubik's cube, there'd be a ripoff one that would be like it, but it would be different. I think there was another stacking game, but uh, the other one I think. Well, I remember the one called Barrel Full of Monkeys. Remember that? That the hands were little hooks, and yeah. you'd have to hook each monkey and pull it out, and see how many you could yeah, get or something. Did that? The, <laughs> the one that'd be similar to Jenga, but it's different, was Icebreaker. Remember that that's one? The, that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, where we you have to ha- tap, tap the blocks the, of yeah. ice and try to pick the right one so they don't <laughs> yeah. all break. And that fall was through. interesting. Yeah. Or, or Perfection. Remember that game? I remember Perfection and Perfection. you would turn the timer, and you had to put all the geometrical weird shapes back in before the timer went off. And there's a, there's a cool little thing on the internet that say what, what, what it was like playing uh, Perfection for a kid, meaning you're all sitting there, and when, and when the thing would pop up and you weren't done, it said what a kid saw was this, and it showed a nuclear explosion at the bottom. <laughs> That's what it felt like, because you know it's coming. Right. You know it's coming. It's like when you're a little bitty kid, and you have the little box with the clown. It's like, You know, and you know it's, like, you it's, know it's going to pop up. And as a little child, I'm like, it used to scare the crap out of me every time, but I wanted to do it again. <laughs> That's the thing inside of us that makes us want to ride amusement park rides that scare us, but we know we're safe. But it gives us a scare, mm-hmm. and scaring releases that I guess that dopamine in your in your brain or whatever it's called that euphoric thing that makes you think that you're in danger but you're not the the whole screaming thing. It's no coincidence that some people scream in terror when they're having fun on that first hill of a roller coaster because mm-hmm. it's scary and fun at the same time, or they scream at a horror film. They're connected, sort of. One is they both have a fun factor where you know nothing's really going to happen to you, but you feel like it is. <laughs> It's amazing. I've never screamed on anything. Never screamed on anything? No. I'll scream at a concert. I think a kid that's I a did. willful thing. I think at a kid I screamed on the... I think I screamed the first time as a kid I rode the scream machine at Six Flags. <laughs> that's what it was supposed to do. Because it was the whole day of building up knowing it was going to be the first day I ride it. Mm. I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I don't know if I'm going to do this. Because I think I was only maybe 11 or 12 or something like that. It's that first time. I'd been on the smaller ones, like the Dahlonega Mine Train and the other ones, you know, the, the ones you build up to as a kid. Yeah. But once you do it for the first time, it's like anything in life. You think it's horrible, but you do it the first time. You're like, okay, it wasn't so bad. I can do it again if I have to. I mean, that could be something bad, like going to the dentist or a doctor or going on a roller coaster ride. Mm. Yeah, this has been self-help talk with <laughs> And Alan J. Sanders. Now, I will tell you, the only time I, we purposely screamed is, you know the movie Aliens, when they go on the drop ship? Oh, yeah. So that was right, that movie came out right after the, uh, they called they call it the Demon Drop, no, what was it? it wasn't called the Demon Drop at Six Flags. No, the that, Free Fall. The Free Fall. Yeah. Same ride. We just, up when I came down yeah. from Michigan, it was called the Demon <clears throat> Drop at Cedar Point. Right. So we get on it, and we were like, oh, this is just like the drop ship. <laughs> right. So then we tried to do the whole, woo! All the way down to see if we could do it because do you realize we went? My buddy from Michigan came down and we went in the middle of the, of the day in the summer and there was nobody at the park. We rode oh, the free great. fall I think ten times in a row. We just got out, get back on, got out, get back on. We got to the point where it didn't feel weird anymore falling. Like you got yep. used to it. Yeah, it and really then, then you're like, well, I've kind of ruined it now. So yeah, exactly. Like, Aw. I'd like to be thrilled. But we've started That's quoting tough. the line about, you know, we're on an express elevator. <laughs> a, Go in down. double hockey sticks. <laughs> and then you try to do the hicks like somebody wake up hicks. Right. <laughs> well, I've got one more news oh, shoot. to go Let's through that. here. That's okay. This is actually from Yahoo News. New York's non-emergency hotline is largely intended for noise complaints, rat sightings, and inquiries about much-loathed alternate side parking rules. But the 311 number 
has, in its 20 years in operation, also received its fair share of obscure inquiries that operators may have struggled to answer the city has revealed. Here are some of them. <clears throat> Quote, Can you tell me the steps for boiling a live chicken? One caller asked, according to boiling a list released Thursday. Boiling a live chicken? <laughs> that the service that marked its 20th anniversary this past week. So they're releasing some of the calls that they received. There's one of them. Another caller wanted to know whether their dog would be claimed as a dependent on their taxes. They're calling 311 to ask that. Can you check if my boyfriend is married? Another request was sent. Well, you're the police. You have access to all those records. Yeah. Uh, Can you transfer me to a UFOologist? UFOologist on the 311 line in New York. One caller wanted to know who won the TV talent show American Idol while another informed the city that a goat is tied to the stairwell in my (laughs) building. Can someone do something about it? (laughs) I don't know. I can't even think. I don't know how to explain this. I just can't even imagine doing anything like that. Uh, Another one. A raccoon is eating my lasagna on the porch. Okay. It also made the calls to remember list. The city said that the three, uh, 311 had received more than 525 million contacts by phone, text, social media posts, and text. other means since it was launched in March of 2003. So that's how it's been around for 20 years. Mayor Eric Adams said in a statement that the number had become an indispensable resources for New Yorkers over the past two decades. It sounds pretty indispensable to me. I'll tell you what. If I had a raccoon on my porch, I'd be out there playing with Eating them. lasagna. That's even that's even cooler. That's like that's like Garfield he's, on steroids. He's got class in food. He's got good like, taste in food. Look, at, I got a trash panda out here eating lasagna. <laughs> you try to go approach him, and he turns on. He's like, "Hey, get away from me! I'm having my lasagna." <laughs> now I'm standing. You all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Love Rocket. Well, th- th- that's Rocket's the, my favorite. That's the three one one line. We've we've had stories about the wrong calls that were made to nine one one, tying up the nine one one line with stupid stuff. Drive throughs out of chicken why, sauce. Why would you call nine one one? I want honey mustard, and they don't have any. Why would you call nine one one? It's an emergency. It's an emergency. Ran out of nuggets. Why? Who would do that? I'm in line at the drive-thru at 3 in the morning, <laughs> and they don't have honey mustard? It's crazy. I don't know who would do that. that see, to me, that's as people alien. People have. It's totally alien to me. I can't. I don't get people like that. I just can't do it. The Beatles screamers. I've talked about it on the air before. People that would go to a concert and scream. Now, I, I point out the Beatles because there's just a lot of footage of teenage girls and teenagers at a Beatles concert. They cut to the audience, and they are screaming. Tears are streaming out of their eyes, and some of them even pass out. How do you get to that point with a celebrity unless there's something a little off-kilter upstairs with you? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry if anybody did that as a kid, but I don't know of anybody that I'd react that way to. They're, they're singers. They're popular, yes. I do love some celebrities. It's fun following the careers of entertainment and celebrity celebrity-dumb and all that stuff, but I can't imagine losing my mind over somebody. Right. I'd be excited. I'm like, oh, I'm meeting so-and-so today, or I get to interview so-and-so. That's kind of cool. I like I like them as an actor, singer, actress, performer, entertainer. But I would not scream and pass out at anybody. <laughs> I just I just don't have it in me. No, I'm very much the <laughs> same way. I can't react that way, and I don't do it. Yeah, I, I'm very much the same way. I don't <laughs> – I've never understood that. I get being, like you said, excited. Sure. But, I mean, I'm there to listen to the music. I mean, I'd like get to get into it and wanna, stuff. I mean, you would, if they were maybe as a teenager, if I right. was in the room with somebody, and they were like, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> right? Well, you want to spend right. some time together?" I might <laughs> right. go, "Really?" <laughs> right. 
right. I might get up to that point. Right. You were on stage with Burt Reynolds once, and you you're, you would consider yourself a Burt Reynolds fan. He's a superstar. He was the I number one draw in America in the cinema for probably four or five years, six years from the, from the 70s to early 80s or whatever. And he was big at one time. He really was. I will say there was that moment I was like, holy crap. It's Burt Reynolds. It's Burt Reynolds. Yeah. He comes yeah. over and he's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. What am I supposed to go? Nothing. I was like, how you doing? <laughs> Good to be here. Nice right, to Right, yeah. And you realize, okay, we're just having a con. Right. I had, I had a blast with that. By the way, I had a blast with that. By, by the way, I had a blast. 770-386-1450 is our number. Now, I'm giving out the number now because I didn't do it for a while because I've actually heard heard your show. I heard some of Bartos Morning News in our station here, and I, so we seem to have licked some of the – I don't know what happened, but it sounds like most of your phone calls were okay. No, the some are still hot. So, uh, if we'll it give, cra- it, if we'll it, give pops, it a try. I just let it pop. I'm like, whatever. We'll, we'll give it a try. If, if other entities are okay with that volume, <laughs> that sound, then I just say that we must be okay with entities. it. entities. Yeah. Other entities. Yeah, if that if that's acceptable, then we go. You with sound it. like Sulu from Star Trek Six when uh, the Klingons go. Uh, there has been an incident on Praxis. He's like an incident. <laughs> Half their moon blew up. Mm-hmm. That's an incident. If other entities are going to be okay with it, yeah, why not? So uh, yeah, well, I, I'll open it up, and as the program goes on, we're approaching the top of the hour here. We're going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to give some kind of bad news about one of the. Um, one of the Jurassic Park franchise actors has uh, has cancer, released it, uh, I guess, a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday. I was catching up on a lot um, yesterday on news. I want to talk about that. And an actor from uh, John Wick has passed away. We'll hit on that, too. And I'll tell you a little something about him that, that I don't know much about, but I'll... I'll tell you that too. All of that, and uh, oh, what have I got out? What else have I got coming up here? Um, an uh, upcoming Superman movie that they have planned. James Gunn with uh, Warner Brothers and DC, who's taken over. James Gunn is set to direct, I think, the next Superman movie coming out in 2025. They're changing a familiar phrase back to the original phrase when they used to talk about Superman. If you're a fan, you may know what I'm talking about. I have that story coming up. And some news about the classic Superman movies, which is kind of cool. The first four for Christopher Reeve. It's BK on there. Up, up, and away. We'll be back. Sponsored by Post Cereals, the cereals that make breakfast a little bit better. Shh. Gold. Bangles. Great four-folded gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's gold and sugar on Super Sugar Crisp. It's not a treasure. It isn't. It's a treat. And Super Sugar Crisp is part of a balanced breakfast. It's, it's a treat. Me. A super door sign of Super Sugar Crisp. The beast is asleep, awakening at your own peril. Zoo is open. Caution. Animals are not caged. There's six different Super Door signs. One in each specially marked box of Post Super Sugar Crisp cereal. It's the one on your mind. It's the one of a kind. A Milky Way bar, whoever you are. Real milk chocolate. Luscious nougat. Chewy caramel. So wherever you're going, you're never not growing. Your love for the taste of a Milky Way. Three nights ago, I was at a disco, and I wanted to bump. I was raring to go, and this big, fat woman bumped me on the floor. She was raring to go. Man, she did a dip, almost broke my hip. She was getting down, that chick was getting down. 
She wanted to bump some more. But I told her, no, you knocked me down once. You knocked me down once. Say, if you want to dance, find yourself a big fat man. I ain't gonna bump no more with no big fat woman. With no big fat woman. With no big fat woman. A reading from Joe Tex. Stand by to receive our transmission. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Oh, is that what you call it? Yeah, I am broadcasting. Hey, it's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. And across <laughs> the uh, studio from me here is Alan Sanders. Is in here with me. He's the he's the Ed, Ed McMahon over there that goes. <laughs> you just did like a Johnny, off the cuff jingle. Like you, said, <laughs> you said something funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, we're having a good time here in the studio as usual. I want to remind you that I do turn it into a podcast. After I'm off the air on Saturday, I take it, repackage it a little bit, take all the local commercials out of it, and jazz it up, put some special effects in it and some sound effects, and pretty, just give it some steroids and make it a little more beefy. It's more beefy than it was on the air, because we're all live here, but I kind of polish it up a little bit. You can hear it on SoundCloud, uh, po- uh, Spotify, which there's no more Anchor now, by the way. Anchor got, uh, uh, Spotify took over Anchor. Now it's called Spotify for Podcasters and Spotify and YouTube. So that's the place... That you can um, you can pick up the BK Escape Pod mm. podcast. Now, I'm, I'm not. I didn't. I released it a little bit on social media, but I'll give you a little a little tease right now. I'm about to expand. The BK podcast is expanding a little bit to in some other areas with maybe another radio presence uh, network somewhere starting probably in about a week or two. So stay tuned for that. That'll come out too. So I'm looking forward to that. Anytime that we can expand, not our, not our uh, waste, Alan, by the way, like at Thanksgiving, (laughs) but it's fun. It's fun when it happens during Thanksgiving because you know, it's just like a, you know, it's going to go back to where it was eventually (laughs) if we work that off. I have to, I have to open up the, the belt just a little bit, you know, after Thanksgiving, but expanding the show, that's always, that's, always fun and nice but let's hit on this story here i actually found this out i think it was last night i didn't know that if you've already heard this then you're you're more in the know than i am because i i didn't discover this until until last night uh jurassic park and this comes from janelle ash at fox news jurassic park star sam neill reveals that he has ferocious these are his words ferocious stage three cancer uh, Neil, 75, told, he's 75 years old, told the BBC that he was diagnosed in March of 2022 during a press tour for Jurassic World Dom, uh, Dominion. Now, that's just being diagnosed back then. I don't, I don't really, I may have heard that part, but I don't remember it. Last year, the actor noticed that glands in his neck did not feel right. And after hearing his diagnosis from doctors, Neil said his response was pretty stoic, but it prompted him to take stock of things, he says. Quote, I thought I needed to do something, and I thought, shall I start writing, he told the outlet. I didn't think I had a book in me. I thought I'd write some stories and found it increasingly engrossing, unquote, that he said. Neil continued, a year later, not only have I written the book, I didn't have a ghostwriter, but, it come, it, 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 but it's come out in record time. And I suspect my publishers, they're delightful people, but I think that they wanted to get it out in a hurry just in case I kicked the bucket before it was time (laughs) to release the thing. He's got a sense of humor about it. He made it clear that the book is not just about his cancer because he, quote, can't stand cancer books, unquote. Instead, he chose to focus on his fun and exciting life, which he certainly has had one if you have uh, followed his career. 
Now, uh, per the Mayo Clinic, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is a type of cancer that begins in your lymphatic system, which is a part of the body's germ-fighting immune system. Advances in diagnoses and treatment of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma have helped improve the diagnosis for people with that disease, they say. According to the BBC, Neil writes in his book that he lost his hair after the first round of chemotherapy, like a lot of people do. When he looked into the mirror, he saw a bald, wizened old man there, he says. <laughs> He's really got a great attitude about it. Even with the diagnosis, Neil has chosen to stay positive. In an interview with The Guardian, the actor revealed that he is, quote, not afraid to die, but it would annoy me, unquote. Says, <laughs> I like that. That's, I think it would annoy me, That's too. a good way of putting it. You know what? It would annoy me if Sam, Sam Neil passed away, much more than annoy, because I'm, I'm a fan of his work. Good actor. He says, I'm not afraid to die, but it would annoy me because I'd really like... Another decade or two, you know. What what did we say earlier on the program? Says we were or off the air when we were talking. It says we're, we we may be ready to go, but we don't want to go. No well, one wants to go. I don't. Well, no, go. I said it may be great for me, but I'd feel bad about the people behind. Yeah, because that's I who's still affected have So many most. things I still want to impart and do. If someone passes away, that's who. That's who's hurt the worst is the people you leave behind. <laughs> He says, we've built all these lovely terraces. We've got uh, these olive trees and cypresses, and I want to be around to see them all mature. I've got lovely little grandchildren. I want to see them get big, he continued. But as for dying, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I don't really care for dying. So there you go. There's Sam Neill's attitude about the whole thing. And that's that's unfortunate. I hope I hope he kicks it kicks it in the butt. I really do. Because some people do. I mean, it's not sta- what's, stage four is the worst. Stage I think four is the worst, yeah. Yeah, but uh, stage three is nothing to... No, you would like to find out that if you have it, you're at stage one. Right. Yeah. And Um, uh, I will say his attitude is great, and that's going to be a big help no matter what. You got to have, which is really hard when you get that diagnosis. Staying positive, staying upbeat. That's that's the one of the best things you can do. What is the uh, some of his hit on some of his performances that I like? Now we all liked him in Jurassic Park as uh, as the as scientist Grant. He was in Jurassic Park three. Uh, he was also in uh, the newest Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World film. What was the newest one called? Jurassic World? Dominion. Dominion. He was in that one. I, I didn't enjoy that one as much. Uh, I thought the classic cast were just kind of, they just seemed to just be there with not much to do. That was funny as I loved but, it. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was all right. It, was, it didn't solely, it wasn't horrible. But, uh, but some of his other performances outside of that genre, uh, I really enjoyed him. The first time I saw him as a really bad, kind of a bad guy. And how much more of a bad guy can you be? Than playing uh, the Antichrist, <laughs> and that was in the final Holman conflict, III. the third Holman film called mm-hmm. The Final Conflict, and uh, he was he was he was I mean he he's a good actor because watching it you're like wow he's he's so evil in that but he's it's it's a it's a held back evil it's not he doesn't go over the top ten it's just it's just very subtle uh, in the way he did it and I thought it was great what was the John he did a John Carpenter movie and I can't remember what it was a horror film what was he. <coughs> What was he in? Was it in the M- M- Mouth of Madness? Oh, I think so, was yeah. Was that the one he was in? I don't want to say... No, yeah, Mouth of Madness. He was very very good in that one, too. And I'll tell you one that was in it was weird, but he was great in it, was Event Horizon, the horror Event sci-fi Horizon movie. Event Horizon is still one of the it's most... It's just chillingly scary. You know how it's you just... always look for that movie that affected you like that when you were little? Like, Ugh. for me, it's Exorcist and Amityville yeah, Horror and like, Alien. It's like, whoa. It's pretty rough Event Horizon did that to me as an adult. <laughs> and his performance in it is just Fantastic. crazy good. Everybody's, <laughs> honestly. But, uh, oh, that was... That was, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa. was There's some, there are parts yeah. of that movie I, I think in my head I go, do I really want to watch this again? Keep, keep watching it. 
And you saw it when you were younger, and I saw it when I was a little older than you, and it was still creepy when I saw it. So, well, it uh, came out when I was in my 20s, so I was a full-grown um, adult, and I was like, whoa. Now, I didn't know if you knew this, but if you get, I don't know what, what DV, if it's the DVD of one of the Bond films, or it's one of the extra it's one of the extra supplement discs, like you like the making of Bond, got all the documentaries on it. You get to see his screen test for James Bond for for your eyes only. Mm-hmm. He screen tested for James Bond, and his he was in the tux and everything, and acted out of one of the scenes. They didn't cho- choose him for whatever reason, but he was in the running to be James Bond at one point in the early eighties. And who knows what would have happened? There's a lot of people that were in the the running to be James Bond. Timothy Dalton was in the running back when Connery quit. And left, and he goes. I'm too young. I can't do this. But they considered him, and he yeah. was real young. So uh, yeah, Sam Neill. We wish him well. He's a good actor, and I've, I've always. I, if you don't like the movie, I usually liked his performance. It's just BK on the air. We're gonna take a break. Just as a train comes by, a train is coming. The train. Let's beat it. Come on, hurry. We can make it. Hey, stop! It's too late to cross. That's a dangerous game you two were playing. Listen to your friend Chris. Those gates are provided as a warning to let you know that it's not safe to cross. We could have been hurt. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite! Excuse me! back it's bk on the air here on am 1450 at 100.3 fm wbhf if you're ever out of the listening audience sphere of influence area and you can't hear our our radio signal you can always tune us in on any computer or anything we always stream at wbhfradio.org or download the free if you don't want to pay for it get the free tune in or app from radio garden either one of those apps tune in or radio garden will get you <laughs> will get you Free access to our radio station, no matter where you are. You'll have if you've got a signal, you can hear us. Let's do a little on this day in history. Today is March the 18th. On this day in history, in 1850, Henry Wells and William Fargo form American Express in Buffalo for the first time. I did not know that it came from those guys. Wells Fargo started American Express in 1850. So way back in 1850, you could start saying, don't leave home without it if you wanted to. <laughs> I don't know so. if you could say it at that Well, point. I mean, I could have made it up. Uh, <laughs> another uh, kind of a business venture uh, anniversary today in 1881, Barnum, Barnum and Bailey Circus, traveling as the greatest show on earth, debuts at Madison Square Garden in New York City following the merger of the two existing circus groups. They, and after then, they were called Barnum and Bailey mm-hmm. after that. 1881, and now they're gone. So everything changes. It's crazy. 1882, on this day in history, Alan, Morgan Earp is assassinated by outlaws while playing billiards in Tombstone on this day in history. Tie into one of our favorite Western movies of all time. I'm sure Jim Dunham of the Booth Western Art Museum knows that fact about today. If we'll you ask probably him. cover it on Tuesday. <clears throat> That's awesome because it would be part of your history of uh, the Old West. I'm your Huckleberry. 1965, on this day in history, on March the 18th, the Poppin' Fresh Pillsbury Doughboy was introduced for the first time. Let me uh, poke your tummy. Pillsbury Crescents have so much butter flavor, they're hard to forget. Rejects. Full house. Hot crisps. Why? Why? 
Oh, hot, fresh Pillsbury Crescents. Marge baked them last night. Oh. Mm. And the buttery flavor. Buttery? Oh. Yeah, they were loaded with buttery flavor. Every one of them. Oh, uh, like, <clears throat> how many every one of them? Three, four, five. Try oh. oh. butter-flavored Crescents. Fresh and hot. And Pillsbury says it best. <laughs> Wait, can you do That'd that again? That'd be great. No, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> And to the day he died, my dad still insisted that he came up with that character idea before they did it. He goes, he goes. It was it was a couple of years before you were born, Barry, that I thought of a little character made out of dough for for Pillsbury. I just thought it was telling your mom about it and stuff. And he goes, I came up with the idea, and lo and behold, about a year and a half or two years later, they they made one. I'm like, well, that's cool, Dad. You ought to tell somebody stuff like that. You could be like a millionaire, and I would have had a much better college <laughs> education if that had happened. But he never said anything about it. But he said he came up with the idea. He always told he. he said it for years 1967 on this day in history well i was one year old but also the beatles penny lane single goes to number one on this day in history and in 1992 on this day in history the queen of disco herself donna summer gets a star on the hollywood walk of fame on this day in history i was a kid i had a crush on donna summer i loved her songs i loved uh, when she would appear on television i loved her costuming <laughs> or lack of costuming that she would wear she worked hard for the money I remember that was a big hit in 1983 she had lots of hits, but she was, when they say the queen of disco, you ain't lying when you said another music legend, 2017 on the state history, Chuck Berry, whom I personally think was the king of rock and roll. You can say Elvis was, you may not be wrong, but for me, Chuck Berry started before Elvis, did a lot of things before Elvis ever did it. Plus, Chuck Berry could play an instrument and write and everything, too. He died on the state in history at 90 years old. In 2017, mm. Chuck Berry. And I was a big Chuck Long Berry fan. Long life. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite groups, Jeff Lynne and ELO, was a, one of their earliest hits was a remake of Roll Over Beethoven. And they made it a long eight-minute rocking version of it with a big uh, orchestral uh, violin section of, of Beethoven's fifth in the middle of it and kept going. And it was a big hit for them. Birthdays on this day today. Peter Graves Arness. Uh, Peter Graves. His real last name is Arness, just like James Arness and Gunsmoke. They are half-brothers. They have the same mom, but different dads, I think. And if you close your eyes and listen to Peter Graves and Jim Arness from Gunsmoke, they have the same voice. They sound very similar. Uh, kind of he's on Airplane, Mission Impossible, Starlock 17. You ever seen a grown man naked? He died in 2010, Peter Graves. He was in an episode of Buck Rogers, too. He was an old fighter pilot from the old days of, of space, and Buck brought him out of retirement to go on a mission or something. He was really good in that, That's too. That's right. And he oh really gosh. cracked us up. It was called The Return of the Fighting... 69th, I think, was the name of that episode. And he cry, always cracked me up as the as the pilot in airplane. Uh, today is Charlie Pride's birthday, American country singer. He died in 2020. I remember Charlie Pride. He had a lot of hits in the 70s called uh, The Snakes Crawl at Night or something. And it was just a lot oh, of I cool. Oh, I bet they do. The, well, actually, the next the next lyric is "That's what they say." So you're pretty close. You're just guessing what they were going to say. Today is Eric Wolfson's birthday, Scottish singer and producer. He's the guy that sung most of the Alan Parsons Project songs. When I was a kid, I thought it was Alan Parsons singing. But I'm like, no, that's the guy who put the group together and produced the songs and brought it's them his, together. It's his project. It's his project. But uh, <laughs> Eric Wolfson sung uh, "Eye in the Sky." Remember that song? "I am the Eye in the Sky." You hear Eric Wolfson's voice, and you just associated with him. They had other singers too. But he had that soft, velvety voice that he would mm -hmm. sing those those songs. And uh, he was born in Glasgow. He was uh, died in 2009. Is everyone dead? No, not everyone's dead on my list. I thought they were. Uh, today is Irene Cara's birthday. American She's Grammy dead. and American Academy Award winning singer, fame, flash dance. What a feeling. She died just last, last year because yeah. we talked about that. And it was kind of a shock. 
too, Irene. What a big career she had as well. Not I'd forgotten that she had acted too. And today is Vanessa Williams' birthday. She's 59 years old. She's American, still alive. American singer. <laughs> That's true. Actress and former Miss America. And and I'd forgotten what year. I, I knew she was Miss America. What year it was? It was, it was in the 83. 80s. Yeah. I thought I thought it was later than that. I thought it was like 86. Yeah. Remember that big like controversy that. because she I did early early before that got into Penthouse magazine. Yep. Some fairly innocuous photos by today's standards. Yes. But they stripped her of her crown. Yeah. And to show you the world, how it's changed, I think if they found out about it today, it would be a resume enhancement probably because mm-hmm. they're, they're more accepting of stuff like that. And I think that's unfortunate. So, And uh, it's always National Something Day every day, so I'm only on the air one day a week, so I pick out Saturday, whatever the Saturday I'm on, what national day it is. And I don't pick out every national day because not all of them. Some of them are pretty stupid. People think they're all stupid. Some people do. But I'm like, oh, come on. Some of them are just put out there to make you remember something or, or remind you to do something. Thing or or make you think about something mm-hmm. today. Oh, and both of these I love because they're food related, and they're they're comfort food from when I was a kid. But I still grab one of these or two of these every time when I'm a, sometimes when I'm an adult now too. And let's see if you do. The first one today, and when you get a good one, it's great. It's National Corn Dog Day. I've never eaten I've, a corn what? dog you, in my you, life. You be get out of here. Never. Get out of here. Why would I ruin a hot dog but with no, a it's corn not breading? Ruined. It's just a different breading. Type. If you think it ruins a corn dog, eat it. And if you like it, fine. But if you run a regular corn dog, uh, a regular hot dog, eat one the next day. You can always have one. It's I'm okay. Honest, this is for, it's but corn dogs are good. Never had a corn dog my entire life. They're not all created equal. I don't want any frozen ones from the store. But if you go and they've just made it, you know, fresh, and they got it's got the cornbread breading around it or whatever, and I take it and all I dip it in is just mustard. I put a little bit of mustard. No, at on least it, you got it, that part. right. It is so good. If you get a good corn dog, you got to try one. You you frequent a lot of the food truck places and the food celebrations like when towns have a, have a food day or whatever uh try a corn dog sometime and just uh come back to me and tell you how, how you thought okay. now the experiment with you with crystals failed i'm sorry that was because that's too bad because dude some, i was not gonna sick love to everything. my stomach all afternoon well, that okay that comes anyway i mean i love crystals and that comes anyway that, yeah, that's gonna that's happen not anyway. fun but <laughs> but not, the journey to getting there fun. was okay. But try a corn dog sometime. I'm interested in seeing if you get a good. I mean, I love one. a good hot dog. Oh, I do too. Yeah, there's so many different ways to make it. But a corn dog is great. And today is also National Sloppy Joe Day. Sloppy Joe. You take that mixture and put it in with your ground up beef, and it just gives a hamburger a different taste. You know, I it's haven't had sloppy fun. joes in a while, but they're fun. They it's were like good. a throwback when you like. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Both these foods are. Yeah, are total nostalgic throwbacks. You know, you're gonna hand me a corn dog this week and a sloppy joe. I might eat both of them. <laughs> Can I have a corn dog someone, with some, a sloppy joe? Some comfort foods, and I have, and I'll hit on this too. And we are all getting older. There's nothing we can do about it. But now I've noticed that I I like spicy foods, but I don't like spicy foods to where they hurt you. I just like it to be spicy enough to where it's 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 tasteful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just got a little kick to it. If you give me something that's so spicy that it burns my tongue off, I'm not going to taste the food, and I right. don't I don't like discomfort. Now here's the thing. It's evolved over time because apparently right. my level of ooh that's nice and, and warm from person but still to person, tastes good. It does. My yeah. mom goes, "How can you eat this?" Right. <laughs> so and my mother-in-law would 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 think if you put black pepper on something, that's too spicy. So you we do have people have different levels of spice. But I'm with you. I want to make sure I but, get the overall right. flavor. 
if I eat a good bowl of chili and by the end I kind of have a sweaty scalp and it's just it's okay. Oh, so good. But you're not discomfort. No, to, no, to the I'm point not. You discom- can't talk. I'm not like panting, <laughs> trying to like the, the air to dry. You know, right. cool my I, tongue. I, you don't want to have to go into the into the into the shower or the bathtub and lay in a vat of ice cold cu- ice cubes <laughs> to cool off. But no, but I am becoming let's just say less tolerant of spicy foods in other ways now where I try to I can't really oh, handle no. them much very much anymore. That's it terrible. usually comes after the meal. Generally that would it's, be the case. It's uh, I have to retire to the library for a little while with the books I have are. read and this bothered me. <laughs> I read this that sometimes uh, cayenne pepper can trigger a bathroom emergency oh, within sure. hours of eating it. Yeah. And add a few more peppers spices to I it with me with me personally mm. yes they certainly can and and it's not it's not it's it's in moderation i, I found out if right. i i got a temperate i got just watch it i've got to watch it because i love going to the uh mexican i love frequenting mexican restaurants oh and you gotta have love, a spicy but i love chorizo cake. sausage that mm. they make it's called chorizo sausage chorizo. Yep. sometimes they'll they'll offer a burrito or a ground beef taco or ground beef whatever this i'm like Replace it with chorizo sausage. Make me a chorizo sausage taco. Yes. Make Spicy me a pork. Chorizo mm. sausage mm, 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 burrito. Dude, do that all the time. Oh. And, and I get the super hot sauce. Let's just put and, it. The, and the jalapeno peppers. And the hot sauce, too. I put salsa and hot yeah. sauce. Let's mm. just put it this way. Uh, there are some things you can go to the drugstore to get because if you're having if you have a problem, you know, and you're like, I haven't gone to the bathroom a couple of days. I think I may be blocked up. There's natural ways that I can find out that I can do it without having to use any tor- type of medical <laughs> drug of any kind. <laughs> coffee, coffee kind of is that way in a way. It, it works can that way be with a lot of way. people. But uh, how how do we get to this on the show? You I mean, national day. I <laughs> just kind of went right into it and whatever. You know, I don't know what to do. There's, and when I get older, there's obviously less of a filter between the brain and my mouth, kind of like my mom is now, by the way. Please, if you run anybody out there that's listening that knows my mom, family member, or anything, don't tell her about the great white shark that they caught off the coast of Gulf Shores, Alabama, because I'll never hear the end of it. She'll never want me to go back down there. I mean, she's afraid to look at the water when she goes down there. It's crazy. Well, forget it. None of my family members listen to the show anyway, so I don't have anything to worry about. It's being on the air. We'll be back. His dense molecular structure will make him strong. He'll be fast, virtually invulnerable. Ah! Easy, miss. I've got you. You, you've got me. Who's got you? I want the name of this flying watching my golf to go with the Daily Planet like bacon and eggs. Why are you here? I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. Hi there. Something wrong with the elevator? Going down. Max Luther. 500 megaton bomb would destroy most of California. Is that how a warped brain like yours gets its kicks? By planning the death of innocent people? No, by causing the death of innocent people. Three supervillains, each one with the same power he has. The three of us will crush the son of our jailer. I'm beginning to get the picture. You think I'm Superman? General, would you care to step outside? They can be a great people, Kalel. They wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. 
For this reason above all, their capacity for good, I have sent them you, my only son. John Williams is all over my show today. I played uh, Harry Potter earlier. He did. <laughs> Alan and I do joke about it. It's not a joke. It's just a thing that we recognize as he kind of uh, composed the soundtracks of our lives with his music. And there's another reason right there, the Superman music. Not only is the theme good, but the entire soundtrack, the other theme, the love theme, Lex Luthor's theme, all the alternate themes that he would write um, are all great. And after Superman 2, well, Superman 2, after the first one, other composers did the music for the films, but they would always use his stuff. Just like other composers took over the Harry Potter movies, they always reverted back and used the same John Williams themes that he had written you for Hedwig and, and Harry Potter and all the other characters. you got to stick with it. And um, what's interesting, I don't know if you knew this, but that's a spot because all of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies are getting a 4K box set this spring. They're coming out uh, in a 4K uh, version where you'll be able to see them better than the, the best way you can possibly see them, I guess, in 4K. Kind of like they did Star Trek The Motion Picture. I think it was last year when they released the direct, the new director's cut of it. Uh, but the interesting thing about Superman, and then when they then when they went ahead and went back and released the Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, because he had directed most of the movie anyway before they, he had a falling out with the Salkinds and they fired him. Um, talking about John Williams, Superman 2 when it came out in a the theater and the theatrical cut, it was the soundtrack was done by Ken Thorne, but he but it but most of the music was just music from Superman. But he just rescored it. He didn't. I don't think he wrote. I think he won, wrote one original piece for the film where they're at the honeymoon he just suite or whatever. It. But he just rearranged it and wrote it and put it out. But when they released Superman Two, the Richard Donner cut, it's complete Superman. It's complete John Williams music uh, recut and, uh, that he wrote for uh, Superman. That that's not it's not a re-recording. It's just the original tapes from the first film. They mixed even the sound differently. So uh, you can say uh, Alexander Courage actually did uh, adapted the score for Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, and he's the guy that written the original. Uh, he wrote the original Star Trek theme. He was friends with John Williams, so he worked on Superman Four. Uh, yes, three and four. Superman three and four are available. As well, the article here from Slash Film says, uh, "Up in the sky, it's not a bird or a plane, but it's definitely one heck of a treat for fans of the Big Blue Boy Scout superhero Superman." He may have been experienced a lot of Rocky Road in the recent DC history. Well, he, he experienced Rocky Roads in the old DC history in the last two films he did. Uh, if hmm. you think about it, um, despite an actor as capable as charismatic as Henry Cavill leading the action, and even with James Gunn's promise that the immense popular hero will be a huge priority. i got a story about that coming up, too, uh, moving forward. But even the biggest DC fans would have to admit that there's a certain charm to the original movies that made audiences believe that a man could fly. Christopher Reeve starred in four separate Superman movies, as you remember, in addition to the special Richard Donner director's cut that we just talked about. That released for Superman 2, and now all five titles will be made available just in time. That's counting the Superman 2 Donner cut. You say, wait, there's only four. No, there's <laughs> five, counting that one. Just in time for the 100th anniversary of Warner Brothers, the studio behind the classic TV character and its uh, DC fill-in uh, and comic character. Now, originally created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, uh, later this year fans will be able to uh, purchase all these Superman movies in one collection box set. And better yet, they have been remastered in 4K Ultra HD and look for the collection to hit both digital and in-store locations on April the 18th of 2023 this year. So that's that's when they're coming out. Even uh, And that's going to be kind of a, a good thing and a bad thing because if Superman 4 
is released in Ultra HD, you're going to really be able to see the uh, limited, horrible special effects really clearly <laughs> when you watch them. Sometimes when it's uh, not remastered, they can hide a lot of that. But there are two or three scenes in Superman 4 where they're pulling him up through an elevator shaft or through a building or something like Superman's flying above it, or I think the, the nuclear man is. And, oh, look, even in the theater, I'm like, oh, look at the cables on him pulling him up. We don't even, won't even bother to hide them. Mm. So... <laughs> You'll be able to see all of that clarity in 4K. Now, you know who would be a uh, um, be a big uh, proponent of physical media to the point of maybe even calling it his kryptonite? That's right. Superman could. The most beloved and world-famous superhero icon of them all is finally flying into the scene in style. This is what they're saying. Thanks to a five-film box set uh, of the official press release here. Okay, the few lows of three and four. I like Superman 3. I thought it was a—if it had been the first sequel— or whatever had been the first film, and then they made the bigger ones on. But each subsequent film got less and less interesting with their stories. That's like you go from when you went from Aliens to Alien Three. That was like oh, you get Alien, a classic, great, and you got Aliens, it's fantastic. Alien Three, oh, there's one alien loose again, and it's on a prison, and it doesn't look that great. You go down a step, and you're not you're not uh, impressing anybody anymore. It's just not that interesting. I didn't care for Alien Three that much. Did you? You know, you know what I, I mean I've by had, I've, We've talked about this before. I've had to divorce myself from the first two. <laughs> if I watch it right. not knowing that there's two other Kinda movies. Kind of like Superman 3. The direction, <laughs> exactly, yeah. the, the, the claustrophobia, the setting, the, sure. the costume design. And the director's cut is much better. It's really good. It is, yeah. It's just subpar from the first two, so it feels like, eh. Yeah. Well, the Superman, uh, the, the the new 4K fans can purchase the collection in store at major retailers and digitally through Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV, Google Play, Vudu, and more. So check it out. It's coming out. They're giving the 4K version uh, treatment to Superman. Okay, I'm going to tap films. into your memory banks. I thought after Superman 3, Christopher Reeve was like, I'm never donning this form, this uniform again. He was, and then they made Supergirl with Helen Slater. The Salkines made the movie Supergirl, which flopped in the theater. No one cared about it because they couldn't bring Christopher so Reeve back. So was it really the worry of a nuclear war with Russia, the 80s? Was that really that, that was, he be, it became his social Yeah, that was part of it. it, it they they also gave him uh, story creative control with a lot of it, too. They're like, oh, if you give me a chance. Because, you know, an actor, actors are... I don't know. They they do have an ego. They do like to be involved in things. We know that. So so if you're given the opportunity to help create the story and create the film, that's good. That might entice you back. And I think it enticed him back to do four, which wound up being a mistake because mm-hmm. they've got Lex Luthor back. Gene Hackman's in it, and even he really can't save it. And it's great when he's on screen because Hackman's great, but it just wasn't that uh, wasn't that great. And the effects they they gave it to Canon Films, that Warner Brothers leased it and let Canon Films produce it and distribute it, and it looked it looked it. Because I knew we were in trouble. When I went to see Superman 4 the theater, I'm like, oh, well, Reeve is back. Let's all go see it. It's Superman 4. And it's subtitled The Quest for Peace. I'm like, okay. When I watched it, and there's a first beginning of the film where some cosmonauts are in trouble in space, and he has to fly up and help them because they had, they had an accident. They collided with a piece of space junk. When he, when he turns into Superman and flies up to space to save them, there's some shots of Christopher Reeve blue-screened flying toward the camera, and he's, 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 he has a red tint, not even color-corrected in the shot, and they use the same shot of him flying toward the camera with his fists out front 
three times. I'm like, we may be in trouble here. Oh, this is goodness. bad. So <laughs> it really got me worried. And then as I, as the rest of them, it has some good points in it. The movie has some good qualities. It's got a good film score. Alexander Courage did a great film score adaptation. But it's overall, it's very disappointing. Mm. Very disappointing. And I hear that there's a lot of left on the cutting room floor of that film that when you look at it, you're like, oh, this film is poorly cut, too. You can tell like there's cuts here and there, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So, But anyway, they're all coming out at 4K. On, on on way to watch it. And I'd love that for the first two because I'm definitely going to love it. And I love the Superman 2 Donner cut, what they did, the original intention. It's BK on the air. We'll be back. Let Chicken Salad Chick cater your next event. Chicken Salad Chick has a dozen varieties of made-from-scratch chicken salads, plus homemade sides, salads, soups, and desserts. And you can enjoy your favorites from Chicken Salad Chick for your next special occasions. From group luncheons to office meetings to bridal showers, our sandwich platters, signature lunch boxes, and specialty trays are the perfect fit for all of your festivities. Chicken Salad Chick, available for dine-in, takeout, and catering. For more information, go to Chicken Salad chick.com food it's our spice of life pepper your world with the freshest produce hand cut certified angus beef and the highest quality store brands nobody does food like food city this week save on lean ground chuck 3.99 a pound for three pounds or more mayfield ice cream buy one get one free oscar meyer meat wieners or food club shredded or chunk cheese also buy one get one free and more certain restrictions apply Is time short? Are you struggling to find the time to enjoy your land track? Maybe converting your land into cash or into another investment vehicle would better fit your busy lifestyle. Ty D. Mitchum and myself, Rayburn Taylor III, accredited land consultant with George F. Willis Realty, help sellers every day find the best solutions for their real estate needs. We are just a phone call away at 770-382-0058 or you can find us at gfwillis.com. I'm Glenda Mitchell with Glenda Mitchell Law Firm. If you've been involved in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, give me a call. When you hire me, you work with me. I give every client my personal cell phone number so you can call or text me anytime. If you can't come to me, don't worry. We'll come to you. Online at glendamitchelllawfirm.com, on Facebook by searching Glenda Mitchell Law Firm, or by phone at 678-721-0417. That's 678-721-0417. Suddenly sickly? Inconvenient accident? Illnesses and uh-ohs don't always wait for Mondays. Harbin Clinic Immediate Care Cartersville is open Saturdays and Sundays from 7.30 a.m. until 8 p.m. Located at 150 Gentilly Boulevard. You can walk in, log in, or call in when you need it most. At Harbin Clinic, we care completely and immediately for you. To learn more, visit harbinclinic.com slash immediate care. That's harbinclinic.com forward slash immediate care. When it comes to heating and air services, Bartow County in Northwest Georgia has been leaving it to Weaver for 50 years. This is Jesse Weaver, second generation owner of Weaver Heating and Air. After 50 years, we remain proud to serve you, our loyal customers. As a Bryant factory authorized dealer, we continue to offer 100% satisfaction guarantee to all our clients. Remember to leave it to Weaver to keep you comfortable in every square inch of your home. And now back to the guy who can actually walk and chew gum at the same time. It's BK on the air. Yeah, I've got more Superman news here. Talking, We were talking earlier before we went to the break. Uh, 
about Superman being given the 4K treatment. A lot of movies are being given that, uh, being released later now, because they have a new way of making everything look better and better and better. How much better are things going to look? When are they going to reach the point where I think part of it is they got to make it work on the newer TVs. Yeah, and if it's filmed in a certain way that wouldn't translate that way, you've got to, it might show some of its shortcomings Mm -hmm. if you see it really close. But with that, I have another Superman story here that I want to get to from Alexander Hall at Fox News. This was here and there and everywhere, too. Upcoming Superman movie restores a familiar phrase to a familiar motto. After sparking outrage by dropping Superman's pro-American mantra dating back to World War II, it appears a new film adaptation of the famous DC comic superhero will be a uh, return to a patriotic form. Superman is one of the earliest and most iconic superheroes with a nearly 90-year history since his creation in the 1930s by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, we talked about earlier in the other story. He has been played by actors ranging from uh, Kirk Allen first in the serials back in the 30s, uh, George Reeves on television, Christopher Reeve in the 70s and the early 80s, uh, Dean Kane on television, I think Tom Welling played uh, Clark Kent on TV in Smallville, and Henry Cavill for DC Warner Brothers as of late. Now, one of the Superman's mottos was, as you remember, truth, justice, and the American way, which, according to NBC News, became uh, came uh, from a Superman radio serial. It's where it came from in the early 40s amid World War II. The saying was also used in the 1978 Superman movie that we heard clips from earlier because it's coming mm-hmm. out in 4K. DC Comics... Uh, met controversy in 2021 when it changed his motto to be more globally exclusive or globally inclusive, it says. Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow is what they changed it to. While while that sounds great and had that been the motto first, we never would have thought anything about it. But we had to change it. And even in the film uh, Superman Returns with um, Brandon Routh playing Superman, the one that Brian Singer directed, Perry White has a line in the film where He's talking about the, the Daily Planet and stuff, and he goes, "We're, we're gonna we're gonna work hard, and make it to where make it where truth, justice, and all the rest of it means something." So they just can't, just kind of throw away and didn't even say it in that film. Now, a March fifteenth, twenty twenty three press release from DC parent Warner Brothers Discovery appeared to imply that the new Superman Legacy—that's the name of the new film directed by James Gunn, I think. It may play to American nostalgia rather than woke sensibility. Superman Legacy, quote, uh, Superman Legacy tells the story of Superman's journey to reconcile his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing as Clark Kent of Smallville, Kansas, the press release said. He is the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way, guided by human kindness and a world that sees kindness as old-fashioned, unquote. There's their press release about it. Now, director James Gunn tweeted about it, and how he will approach the film. Quote, I was offered Superman years ago, James Gunn says in a, in a message. Uh, I initially said no because I didn't have a way uh, in that felt unique and fun and emotional that gave Superman the dignity he deserves, unquote. He wrote, that was a tweet that he sent out about, the, about taking over the 2025 film. Then he added, then less than a bit of a, less than a year ago, I saw a way in, in many ways centering around Superman's heritage. Now, both his aristocratic Kryptonian parents and his Kansas farmer parents uh, inform who he is and the choices that he make. And he talks about how they influenced him and stuff. So that's the approach it says. And he goes on to say um, it comes out in July the 11th, 2025 is their release date. And he goes, and for some reason, I didn't even think about it. That's my dad's birth. That was my dad's birthday was July the 11th. So 
don't know if he coincided it subconsciously or what. Wow. So July the 11th, 2025 is when Superman two Legacy, year, two the and new a half, movie. Well, not quite two and a half, but it's a little over two right, years. will be coming out. And as you and I know, a lot can happen between now and then in Hollywood. So, And how long, because how long have we been promised a, a, a Star Trek four with Chris Pine and all of them? And it's on again, off again, right. not going to happen or whatever. Even the actors didn't even know well, about I, it. Well, I, so. have, I have a strong liking of James Gunn's work. I do too. Yeah, his like remaking it. of the of the Suicide Squad wasn't as it wasn't great, right? But it was better than the than what I saw because I couldn't even finish the first one. Sure, I at least yeah. finished the second one. Sure. Um, but I will tell you, I I trust his writing. Yeah, he's a good writer. And I hope that that but, sticks around. Superman's not a comedy like Guardians, so hopefully he can write. Although there was some lightheartedness so in the movies. And I would say we need to get more back to that with Superman. Superman, the problem with him is they tried to make Superman films dark and leave that for Batman. Superman is not really a dark character. There's dark sides to his villains and stuff. So, And he has a villain called Dark Side <laughs> that, he, that he fights from Apocalypse sometimes. But uh, Superman's movies need to be a little more bright Isn't that and who optimistic. Isn't the going to be? Dark Side? I don't know. I know he was in the. Re, re, he, he made appearance in the original. I'm sorry, he made appearance in the re-edited um, Snyder Justice Snyder League, so that I he was in that. Now so you I don't know. When you said that, you triggered something I scrolled one, one morning. It wasn't I in thought, that press release, but okay. it might be. I don't know. Interesting. Well, they, they go I, maybe it was something that. that they're talking about at building a, a an arc where that will right. be the eventual. It could It could be. All right. I don't, I'm not sure. But uh, let's see if i got enough time to do this story. I have a story about something that happened recently about... Uh, Vinyl and, uh, and and compact discs. To produce a great recording, you need many skills and talents and the most sensitive equipment. To reproduce a great recording, you need perfectly matched precision components. Zenith Natural Sound Stereo brings you such components, including a full-range speaker system, blended and balanced by a master control panel that also lets you enjoy exciting stereo FM radio. And Zenith's famous Microtouch 2G Tone Arm makes it impossible to accidentally ruin your fine stereo records. All in the luxury of fine furniture, from elegant hand-rubbed consoles to exciting new space-saving credenzas. Zenith Natural Sound Stereo reproduces the sound of great music exactly as it was recorded. At Zenith, the quality goes in before the name goes on. That's right, Zenith! Back in the day when we had uh, stereos and record players were, as Alan well knows, were pieces of furniture. Yep. They were huge. I have that because it kind of dovetails with a story from MeTV. Vinyl records, again, outsell CDs. For the, it says on here, for the first time since 1987, and I thought that this had happened before, but maybe it come close because this is a recent story. Uh, do you have a record player that you still use? Some people do. Do you find putting the needle on a record so much more satisfying than pressing play on a CD player? <laughs> Some people still do. If so, you're in good company since for the first time in decades, vinyl has come out on top. The Recording Industry Association of America released their 2022 year-end report and announced that for the 16th year in a row, so it has happened before, it's just happened again. Vinyl revenue has uh, continued to climb, and they just hit an important milestone. After a year of 17% growth in vinyl sales, 
The old school music format has overtaken CD sales for the first time since New Coke was on the shelves, believe oh, wow. it or not. And I'm sure Eddie Bruce at Rockin' Shop down here would, would, would love to hear that news. I mean, he probably already knew it. In 2022, vinyl accounted for a massive 71% in physical format sales of music and whatnot. According to the report, a whopping 41 million units of vinyl were sold last year. Mitch Glazer, chairman of the, and CEO of the RIAA, said music lovers clearly can't get enough of the high-quality sound and tangible connection to artists' vinyl delivers, and labels have squarely met that demand with a steady stream of exclusives, special reissues, and beautifully crafted packages and discs. And we know that because when they have Vinyl Record Day here at uh, Rockin' Shop down here, he always gets the latest re- release of these artists that are still coming out with music on vinyl and they're they they make still beautiful record albums with art and inserts and art and lyrics and and things inside the packages that you can't do with a CD or you can't get mm. when you when you download an album you get nothing but just the music and maybe an image of the cover or stuff like that as far as I know so you don't get that fun association of buying something physical holding it in your hand pulling out a poster inside of the of the of the group big printed lyrics and then when I would buy a cassette I'm like I can't see the lyrics they're right. printed but I need a magnifying glass to read them. But uh, it's nice to see that uh, vinyl is still out there. Kind of like AM radio. Looks like maybe vinyl ain't going nowhere for a while, and I'm very happy about it. So uh, yeah. It is a little weird, though. It's it is still weird. weird. It is weird. But I hate I like it. And did you know a lot of the strange, and I don't want to talk about any comp- competing uh, stations and media where you hear music, but a lot of the streaming stations like uh, America's 70s Hits that you can hear on TuneIn, you can also hear them on, uh, you know, ask Alexa to play these streaming stations that play uh, things, even even the SiriusXM. Sometimes the 70s channels will play a version of something, and, and I don't know whether they're adding the pops and the snaps and the crackle noises like LPs, but you hear that. They, they either add it or they'll, they'll record one right off a record player where it will really give you the nostalgic sound. It mm. doesn't interfere with it enough to m- make you not enjoy it, but every now and then you'd hear a little, you know, the little noises when you're listening to a record right. with a needle stylus. Literally the it. dust of Making the little pops and little snaps and little cracks, little snap crackles and pops. Little Rice Krispies mm, on your record. On so. my record player. Now I'm getting hungry. And that's right. <laughs> See how we always go toward food. <laughs> and I love Rice Krispies, by the way. I, I still, still love, love Rice Krispies. Krispies. And if there's a Rice Krispie treat near me, I'll, 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 I have spider sense for them. I'm like, there's a Rice Krispie treat <laughs> somewhere. And did I tell you, I don't know if I sent, I think I posted a picture of it on the internet. When we were at Universal last time, I went into a store that were selling, they couldn't call them Rice Krispie treats because that's a trademark name. They just call it something else. And I saw one. And, Alan, this Rice Krispie treat was two and a half inches thick, four in, and it was five by three and a half dimension. Hmm. It was huge. And I said, I'm not going to eat all this in one setting. So I'm walking through the park, and I'm eating it. Walk a little further, go to the next ride, get off the ride, eat a little bit more. By the time I read the third road, the third ride, I'm like, man, it's gone. <laughs> I ate the whole thing. But I'm walking in the park. I'm getting exercise walking in the park here. And again, she hits me with, you, you walked off maybe one piece of rice. <laughs> that was really small. That was your first two bite. hours. But it was good. It was really good. And I always like Rice Krispie treats. And, they're, and, the, and the, they also make Fruity Pebbles treats. You know, take any time of those, any kind of those cereals well, and make them. So. Fruity Pebbles is basically Rice right. Krispies and Cocoa, with flavoring. Cocoa Krispie treats. Get the Cocoa Krispie kind and do that. Heck, there's a donut shop in uh, Panama City where we go quite often when we're down there that, that puts Fruit Loops on top of donuts. They, they stick them on there with this stuff, and it's Fruit Loops on a donut. <laughs> it just the madness continues, but it's such a wonderful madness. 
Speaking of madness, I'll be back next week. I hope it's BK <laughs> on the air. I'll also hear you in the podcast. Alan will be here, too. Thank you, buddy. We'll Adios. see you next week.